Hi, this is Jim from Safety Wars. Before we start the program, I want to make sure everyone understands that we often talk about OSHA and EPA citations, along with some other regulatory actions from other agencies, legal cases, and criminal activity. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Proposed fines are exactly that, and they are often litigated, reduced, or vacated. We use available public records, news accounts, and press releases. We cannot warranty or guarantee the details of any of the stories we share, since we are not directly involved with these stories, at least not most of the time. Enjoy the show. This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. And from the border of liberty and prosperity and the highway. Oh, hold on. I always have the iPad running on safetyfm.com make sure I'm broadcasting. So here we are from the border of liberty and prosperity and the highway to the north. This is Safety Wars. Why the border of liberty and prosperity? Why don't we ever go in there? Well, Rockland County is on the border of New Jersey. The motto of New Jersey is liberty and prosperity. The highway to the north is the New York Thruway or the Palisades through Interstate Parkway. So, however you want to do it, and we have all these other part uh, in, uh, interstates and everything coming through here. So, how's everybody doing this Monday morning or Monday afternoon, Monday evening, wherever you're at, Tuesday morning? Anyway, a lot going on. So, I did not release uh, Friday's program on podcasts because we had some issues going on there. Didn't want to bore everybody. People say, what the hell is going on with that thing? Ah. So, I only release the ones that I like. Hopefully, this one will be one that I like. So, uh, we have... Here, all weekend long, what did I hear? On the news, on the radio, on the... Uh, over everything. Pro... Former President Donald Trump and the impending indictment going tomorrow. I'm almost here at ground zero. I had people uh, calling me up saying, hey, uh, Jimmy, are you going to be going on out uh, over to the protest? I said, no. (laughs) I avoided a problem one time. On January 6th, 2021, uh, I had people calling me up all day. Hey. Hey, are you going to go over, go on over? It's a short drive, New York there, train ride, blah, blah, blah. Let you out, Union Station. I said, there's going to be a problem there. Number one, I, you know, I'm, I'm out of politics. I'm out, out of that. Part of my life is done. Regardless of what anyone's opinion is on the former president. I said, that's done. But I said, look, there's going to be a problem there. You're very foolish for going. All right. Whether you love them, hate them, whatever. And isn't life about sometimes avoiding problems? Gotta avoid problems. So what do you think ended up happening? We all we all know what happened. So this weekend again, and there was a radio talk show host out of uh, New York City that said, if you're going to go down to the Trump Tower over there in uh, New York City, Manhattan, protests or something you're you're crazy we all we all know what happened the last time he went to protest this kind of stuff right 
mayhem and everything else. And we're still dealing with a political, societal, and social fallout from that. So what I'm going to suggest, you know, it is your right to protest. You want to protest or demonstrate whatever. Okay, that's your right. But be use a little bit of common sense here. That's item number one. Item number two, nonstop coverage. What do we always say here? What's one of our bylines? Don't be manipulated, be informed. That goes for everything in your safety, in your workplace, in society, or anything else. You want to be informed. You don't want to be manipulated. And this whole thing this past weekend, right, nonstop coverage now for a week, and it's been going on longer than that, a month. Not good because it's distracting us from what we really need to be worried about, which is all the other issues out there we have to deal with, with safety. And on this program, what do we talk about? We talk about all different types of safety, not only industrial safety. We talk about uh, uh no, uh, disaster preparation, disaster response, industrial safety, financial safety, environmental safety, all things safety related, right? Not only that, and uh, you want to make sure you're safe, right, with this stuff. Don't let this stuff distract you. We have other issues going on. One, take care of your family. Take care of your friends, Concentrate on your family, right? That's item number one. If you're a parent, your number one thing is your children, especially if they're uh, under 18, your children, right? That's usually what the priority is. I'm not saying if it's not, then it's not. We all, I'm not going to, I'm not here to judge anyone. I'm not a judge. But this is uh, basically what it comes down to. I've been thinking about this all weekend. You have to have priorities, right? If you're a parent with children, your priority usually is with the children. If you have extended family out there, right, then it's with extended family. Uh, And then going out community and everything else. But you have to have priorities and don't get wrapped up in this political stuff because it's a distracting thing from what you need to be doing. Same thing where with work. What are those things out there that you're that's distracting you at work? Right? You constant you know we're uh, we always talk about concentrating on the wrong things. Where uh, a organization's focus would be on uh, this one safety item, right? This thing blah, 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 and then something else is going on, right? That happens all the time. Well, we couldn't have, we're concentrating on this when we're having an issue with this, and that's going to cause a safety issue, right? Distraction, right, with this. I always forget to write stuff down during the show. So what do we got going on here? We're going to start out with financial news. Since that seems to continue to be the, uh, the uh, uh, story of the day. Remember, last week, and I'm going to be doing some promos this week, I have a very bad cold. You may not be able to hear it, but I have an extremely bad cold 
right now. So that precluded me from doing anything yesterday with my voice. So let's go here. Dow Jones Industrial Average, 33,601. It's up slightly. S&P 500 up slightly, 41,2451. NASDAQ fell to 12,189.45. Russell 2000 said 18,321. Pardon me, down slightly. U.S. 10-year Treasury note up uh, slightly, 34,17%. Bitcoin. Is that 27,808? Crude oil. And we're going to talk about crude oil in a minute here. Is that 80,45? It's up slightly, but it w- was a big up the last couple of days, specifically uh, April 2nd, yesterday. It, it went like straight up, right? So 6,05. So here we go. 3,31 in the morning. On uh, Friday, it closed at. Uh, 7570 on Sunday it opened at $81. So crude oil went up right a lot here. Uh going on uh Yeah, that's it. So crude oil eight uh then Bitcoin 27808. Precious metals a lot of people are getting rid of precious metals. I got uh, calls over the weekend from brokers and everything uh, selling. So, hey, Jimmy, this, hey, that. I said, well, hey, you want to come on the air? You want to sponsor the program? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, gold is at one nineteen ninety five thirty. It's up uh, slightly $1.70. Silver, up slightly, twenty four twenty three. Platinum is at... Two point four oh went up two four two dollars and forty cents to close at one thousand eight. It's not closed, it's no actively trading. I misspoke. Palladium at fourteen ninety eight, holding steady there. So uh again, precious metals uh 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 essentially uh uh are traded all the time, these commodities, right? It's the world doesn't evolve around the United States. Other countries trade these things in different time zones, different holidays, and everything else. So that's what's going on. Uh, the holidays coming up, uh, Passover, Easter, uh, Good Friday, right? This is Holy Week. I don't know how we're going to go with the programming here, but we're going to do the best we can. So what's, what's going on with oil here? Oil prices surged 6.3% in Steve's rise in over a year. The jump follows a vow by Saudi Arabia and other OPEC members to uh, cut production. So, so uh, basically, uh, OPEC, oil produced, what is it? Oil producing something countries, right? Uh, they uh, they uh, uh, no, are cutting production. So, just for a review, all right, OPEC, right, uh, what is OPEC? OPEC is an organization that controls petroleum production supplies and prices in the global uh, uh, market. So, uh, it's basically uh, run by uh, five countries, Islamic Republic of Iran, Iraq, no, Iran, Iraq, 
Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and Venezuela. So those are the five uh, oil-producing companies. What is Oil Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries at OPEC. I got the acronym wrong. So uh, later on, what other countries are in there? Those are the five core countries, right? Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and Venezuela. The other countries that joined later on were Qatar, or Qatar, I believe they pronounce it, Indonesia, Libya, United Arab Emirates, Algeria, Nigeria, Ecuador, Gabon, Angola, Equatorial Guinea, and Congo. So uh, basically, uh, and you know, there have been changes over the year. Over the years, so uh, those uh, are basically OPEC when they decide to cut production, and it impacts everything. So uh, again, uh, they're not expecting huge price jumps in oil or gasoline in this country because we have enough reserves, allegedly. Uh, but you know, again, we'll see how this goes on. So. Uh, Onward with this Nashville uh, uh, shooting case from last week. They had they were supposed to release the, according to the media reports, they were supposed to re, uh, release the uh, manifesto of this person uh, that did the crime. I'm not going to mention the person's name. And uh, no, uh, I don't. But anyway, they're supposed to have. Uh, 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 released the manifesto. That did not happen. According to the Tennessean from yesterday, uh, the person left a manifesto and had studied uh, the school on ascension points, according to police. And the person was getting treatment for an unspecified emotional disorder, according to the police chief. The shooter's parents thought that the person recently sold his only gun but the person had, in fact, legally purchased seven firearms from five different local gun shops. Uh, so, basically, from all accounts, uh, this person was uh, played for a, a middle school basketball team, and it was the team where everybody made the team, and uh, teammates had really nothing but nice things to say about uh, her, and uh, she went on to track and field uh, in high school. I was a uh, part of the championship four by 100 team for four by 400. By the way, the 400 meter four by 400 meter is one of the, uh, one of the uh, is one of the premier events in track and field. That's probably one of the most exciting events because I tell you what, the middle distance runners, uh, 400 and 800 meters, very difficult races to run. Uh, yes, I am qualified to say that. I was on the track team for eight years. So, uh, was, no, aside aside from a couple of discus uh, events where you're really, tra- uh, really uh, tracking the, uh, right, the throws and everything else, uh, Aside from those, discus, no, uh, shopper, d- javelin, no, any of the field events, those could get very exciting too, by the way, if you're following them very closely. 
but uh, that's one of the premier events. So, uh, but the, as, as they went, uh, as everybody went away from high school, everybody became isolated. Now, I wanted to talk about this uh, with that. She became isolated. And then, you know, uh, a clingy, for lack of a better word, for some of the uh, team members that she met over the years. And, you know, there was, uh, uh, you know, it's hard. So let me talk about this. And I've had conversations with other athletes over the years. You're a member of a team, Right. And you're close. And it could not necessarily a sports team. It could be any number of teams or groups. You're very close together in high school. You're very close together in middle school. And maybe elementary school. And you grow apart. And for a lot of people, they have a lot of hard time adjusting that. You have fellowship. You're social. Maybe you're socially awkward like I was. And... Once you get out of these environments, schools, clubs, things of that nature, it's hard to connect with people. People go their separate ways. I attended a Catholic high school and a Lutheran grammar school, 7th and 8th grade. And very, every once in a while, we'll run into each other. Facebook has allowed us to reconnect with a lot of people, and it seems like the same close group of people, right, uh, connect in the high school also do the same thing on uh, no in these groups on uh, in college. I'm sorry, in uh, on Facebook afterwards. Lifelong friendships I developed, and uh, but before that, it was, it was very difficult to find friends. People scatter. Uh, I never had mental health issues, but obviously this person allegedly had some type of mental health issues getting treatment. It's not easy. So what's my suggestion? Go out there and get involved in things. No, go. No, I know it's cliche. Go out of your comfort zone, but that's what I ended up having to do. Is go out of my comfort zone. And uh, eventually it was, uh, no, things get better. Uh, so that's basically it I'm writing the summary as we go along here with this yes I do prepare uh, beforehand but you know it's uh, it's a horrible thing so if you know somebody who's going through some bad times you know mental health issues and everything else try to support them encourage them to get help if they're on medication, please encourage them to take their medication. Uh, I know there's a lot of side effects to some of these medications, and that's why people go off them. Uh, I have, unfortunately, direct experience with uh, those folks. But try to keep them engaged, right? Reach out. And if they're, you sense a problem, like uh, this person had a problem, a couple of her friends uh, prior to, uh, at least one of her friends uh, prior to uh, uh, prior to the situation, immediately prior, did not uh, try to contact authorities, but it was too late, unfortunately. So, what are we going to do about this? 
That's a debate that's got to go on in society. And with that, we're going to go to a commercial break. In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including... Blaine Hoffman with the Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with the Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with the Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and is not standardized baloney from 25 years ago? Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywars.com or call Jim Polzel at 845-269-5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. Safety Wars is streaming now. SafetyFM.com Okay, we're back. So, uh, this is from the Washington Post today. Uh, Political polarization is sorting colleges into red and blue schools. So, through a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm not going to go into the article in depth. Again, balkanization. Right? Dividing people. Things of this thing. And it goes on both sides, man. The the article here uh, by, uh, what's the person's name? Nick Anderson. Gives pretty, as a pretty balanced uh, article. Right? Pretty balanced article at both the left and the right. There are left universities, right universities. I don't know if that's really conducive because we're supposed to, you know, no, Unified as a country and continuing to divide the country, not a good thing. Long term, our long term again, safety, right? That's part of the safety war. Uh, so this past weekend, uh, right, Friday and Saturday, a lot of tornadoes out there, right? We're not talking about airplanes, we're not talking about that Cadillac, where was it, Toronado? Right for the, the Cadillacs, right, uh, or anything else like that uh, with uh, tornadoes. So the destruction caused by a plethora, uh, plethora of tornadoes Friday, March thirty first, and early Saturday, April first, has a wide net impacting states across the South and the Midwest. There were uh, earth uh, tornadoes in the New York, New Jersey area. Right. Uh, also, it was uh, pretty bad. So, again, if you're in a tornado zone, right, and I think it's, I, I think 
I can now declare New Jersey one of the tornado zones. Who am I? I'm just a guy on the radio. Because I tell you what, we never had tornadoes in New Jersey, it seems, when I was growing up, 1970s, 1980s. But starting in like 95, we've had a number of tornadoes hitting, riffing through central Jersey and south Jersey. All right, we had a couple of uh, uh, years ago, I'm coming out of the post office in New City, New York, and I'm looking over north, over what we call South Mountain. I look at, and this woman's next, what are you looking at, sir? I said, well, you see those clouds over there? She said, yeah. I see. see how you got the clouds looking where they're like dark on top and then not so dark on the bottom. It's like a yellowish thing. I said, she said, yeah. I said, and I said, those, those look like uh, a leading indicator for tornado activity. She looked at me like I was nuts. Yeah, sure enough, about an hour later, a uh, tornado went through about a mile north of my house on the other side of the mountain. The only thing that saved us, I think, was the mountain here, right? Uh, caused widespread damage. And, you know, so what's, so if you're in a tornado zone, Right. What we did was my daughter, uh, uh, nine, uh, how old is she? Eight years old. Eight years old going on 14. Right. She uh, was a little bit freaked out about it. So I said, hey, this is a teachable moment. What are we going to do if we have a uh, tornado? What's, what, 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 do, what do we do, Jessica? And she says, well, where I said, where do we do it? We laid out all the procedures, and then we talked about other emergency procedures with the family. Again, a moment of what we call a mohai, moment of high impact with the children, right? Uh, be, be prepared. Go back to uh, our September programs on the podcast, and we talk all about, right, all these programs that I like get uploaded to the, the uh, podcast platform. But go back and look. See what those, uh, uh, a lot of those things are for domestic preparedness. Go to ready.gov uh, for that also. Be prepared. All right? Some preparedness, like the uh, Coast Guard, always prepared. So, uh uh, no, death and destruction all over. Uh, more weather news. Hurricane Ian hit, hit, hey, I said it right. Hurricane Ian hit Category 5 in the Gulf. Uh, was Florida's uh, most expensive storm official final numbers. Hurricane Ian is officially the most expensive storm in Florida's history with a price tag of $109 billion in damage. That's a staggering loss from tens of thousands of homes and buildings in southwest Florida damaged by Ian's fierce winds and storm surge, and more than 1,000 totally wiped away. Roads and bridges, including the Sanibel Causeway. So if we recall, uh, our guest on the show last week, Murray Saver and his sister-in-law, uh, had her home wiped down in Sanibel. So this has hit the Safety Wars family here. As far away as Broward County across the state, a tornado spawn at the storm's edge tipped over planes at a small airport, causing millions of dollars in damages. So those were uh, the final death toll was 156 dead. Uh, the category, the, at one point, the storm did reach Category 5. 
And uh, there was a report on Monday uh, from the National Hurricane Center. So go and check things out. I mean, uh, I don't know if you're still able to apply for damages in that, uh, but uh, I know that there are some people still, not some, a boatload of people, right, still recovering from this. So, uh, again, be prepared. That's what the whole thing is. Now, there is a report out today. It was in uh, from the Federation of American Scientists, FAS.org, a report by Hans Christensen. Was there a U.S. nuclear weapons accident at a Dutch airbase? So... Did the U.S. Air Force suffer a nuclear weapons accident at an airbase in Europe a few years back? A photo from Los Alamos National Laboratory. Maybe we should get Todd Conklin out here to uh, talk about this, right? A photo in a Los Alamos National Laboratory student briefing from 2022. Four people inspecting what appears to be a damaged B-61 nuclear bomb. Yeah. Right? The document does not identify where the photo was taken or when, but it appears to be from inside a protective aircraft shelter at Volkel Air Base in the Netherlands. Right? It must be emphasized up front that there is no official confirmation that the image was taken at the airbase uh, and that the uh, weapon is a real weapon, right? Versus a training uh, device, a prop. So, uh, now again, a lot of this stuff, you know, where now where is it uh, coming from? You no, know, sort of thing. I don't know. Har- uh, and this, when we talked about uh, the, uh, uh, when we talked about the uh, when we talked about oh, I forget what I I forget. I'm just rambling on and on. Okay, well, uh, we talked about context. Right and with things uh, on coast to coast AM when I was on, there were one. There was one caller that talked about, "Hey, I heard this, this, and this what happened with the uh, train wreck out in uh, Ohio." And I said, "Well, not. I don't know what the context is. That might have happened, but it might be something else that you're misinterpreting. What somebody misinterpreted, then it gets repeated, and then before you know it, you have the old telephone game, right?" where one person says another thing, blah, 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 blah. So here's an update. Chinese spy balloon, sky, uh, let's start that over again. Chinese spy balloon gathered intelligence from sensitive U.S. military sites despite U.S. efforts to block it. And this is from NBC News exclusive. The intelligence China collected was mostly from electronic signals which can be picked up from weapons or include communications from base personnel. Chinese spy balloon that flew across spy balloon that is from Courtney Lube and Carol E. Lee. Uh, the Chinese spy balloon that flew across the U.S. was able to gather intelligence from several sensitive American uh, military sites despite the Biden administration's efforts to block it from doing so, according to two current U.S. officials and one senior administration official. Uh, so, you know, this is, uh, again, uh, need to be aware of what's going on out there with these spy balloons. And Congress is, uh, here's another one, 
right? And this log to be out. I'm a little bit annoyed. Okay, uh, there is another uh, possible thing here with Chinese uh, uh, access to cargo, uh, to cargo uh, cranes. So if you pass by, this is com- coming out of uh, the Wall Street Journal, uh, Gordon Lubold and Aruna Viswanatha, right? So 80%, according to this article, of American port cranes use Chinese software that's manufactured by a Chinese company, right? And this was all uh, released by in a congressional testimony and congressional statements uh, by uh, the House Committee on Homeland Security, right? So the question is this. If we're getting no, – right – Let's have some review here. China, if you form a corporation in China, you have to be you're like a part of the military. So they have dibs on any information that you have, any stuff, right? You're basically an arm of the military. So the question is this. We have had supply chain issues with over the last couple of years with COVID and with other things that showed us how vulnerable we are. From toilet paper to pet food. Hey, there was a conversation in my town on next door. What do we do? We're all out of cat food, right? Sort of thing. I and I said, well, no, we made our own cat food a couple of times, right? When we were out of it. A person was having issues finding cat food recently. Don't ask me why. There's cat food all over the place. Cats could be picky eaters. Believe me, I got two of them. My old one used to not, a little aside here, she would not eat any food that I left out for her. So my wife would have to take it, mix it up with like a spoon and put it down the same food and then she would eat it. So that's my crazy cat, Scarlet. Anyway, so this is what the issue is with this, uh, with this. My wife is saying, don't go off on tangents. All right. So anyway, you have all your supplies coming from, right, all the replacement parts and all the uh, software coming from another country rather than having it in your home country. And what happens? Do you have a problem with the other country, China? Now all of a sudden, our shit doesn't work. Or we cannot get replacement parts for the cranes. Now we have an issue here, right? So there are some, uh, there are some, uh, 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 proposals here, including, uh, bulking up American, right? Putting in an incentive grants or what have you for American crane companies or Canadian crane companies sort of thing. Or we can, or we're able to go and have this stuff, uh, do this stuff in house, right? That's one. Or the finding out how to work on the Chinese equipment is another one. So, but they're trying to put in some incentives. So we're going to take a short break here and uh, some more commercials. I have to get some water here. I'm starting to lose my uh, voice from uh, this horrible cold that I have. 
In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with the Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with the Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with the Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and is not standardized baloney from 25 years ago? Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywars.com or call Jim Pozel at 845-269-5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. Okay, we're back. So we're going to go into some of our usual OSHA news. Uh, we're doing it a second here because we had a lot of stuff going on in the world I wanted to uh, discuss. So here we are from last week. Right, uh, We went over some of this on Friday, but we'll go over again. For the third time in five months, federal safety inspectors responded to a Portsmouth this is from today. This is new. To reports to the hardwood flooring mill to investigate reports of unsafe machinery. Two of those inspections involved worker injuries. The latest on October 5th, 2022, when a worker's fingertip was partially amputated, which means that you actually have to go and report that within uh, 24 hours to OSHA, 1-800-321-OSHA. But there are other ways of, without calling them that you could do it, but I always recommend calling, right? I would... And getting the person's name and recording the time of the injury and recording the time of the call so you have proof. With that, and always have a witness on the phone. Put them on speakerphone. Believe me, it's very important that you do that and have a witness. So what do we have here? I have the citation letter right in front of me. Let's scroll on down to what it is. So, citation one, item one, general duty clause violation. So, uh, on or about October 17th, and the blank department at the infeed conveyor for the machinery, the employer was exposed to hazards that may result in amputations while using a skilled portable circular saw to cut wood at an inclined moving conveyor while the wood was not stabilized. So I doubt OSHA doesn't have a uh, 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 rule for that. However, they, what do they use? The general duty clause in that case. Right? On or about October 18, 2022, 
An employee was exposed to hazards that may result in amputation while using another portable circular saw to cut a continuously moving out feet of wood. The wood was not stabilized. Again, general duty clause. So how, and they went through and met with the owner's manuals of both pieces of equipment on here. So again, uh, it's a serious uh, thing, $15,469. Citation one, item two. All places of employment, passageways, and service rooms and walking, working services are to be kept clean. Guess what? They had slip, trip, and fall hazards here. Fine, $8,840. And here we have how many pages of this? Aye, aye, aye. It goes on and on and on and on and on. 35. So we're going to go through the interesting ones. Lockout tag out, $15,469. Again, another lockout tag out. I mean, they, I mean, they really, $15,469. Here's another lockout tag out situation, 1910-147, right? That was uh, $0, right, on that one. Next one, lockout tag out, 15469 Right. This was an inspection of the energy control procedure. No lockout tag out. Here, the next one. Lockout tag out training. 15,469. And then we have, uh, okay, all lockout tag. 1910 to 13. Uh, each operating treadle shall be protected. Of against unexpected or accidental tripping, fifteen thousand four sixty nine. That's a machine guarding, all this stuff. Another fifteen thousand. Okay, let's see. Do they have? Goes through it. Okay, so let's get to the bottom here. How many citations? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. For a grand total of $333,000. So citation two, and there are six violations, six items in there, all repeat. All repeat. With guarding, equipment guarding, and a couple of other things. So, again, take a look. I mean, uh, no, uh, this week I'm use, I'm doing some maritime training on Wednesday here uh, with this. So, uh, a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. This is from Friday. U.S. Uh, Department of Labor finds fall protection would have saved a roofer worker who plunged to their death. So, again, this is, again, we know the typical fall protection stuff, but what are some of the other things? They did not inform OSHA within 24 hours of a hospitalization. 
right? And then we go, and then the person died four days later. No notification. So that was their first mistake. They ended up, and this is a uh, company uh, out of Florida, a uh, roofing contractor out of Florida. Again, no competent person assigned to the job. That's an issue. Walking, right? Fall protection, everything else. What was the total fines here? 53,797. Right? So they were cited on four things. And again, these are all proposed. For the sixth time in 13 months, Department of Labor finds Fort Walton Beach framing contractor endangering workers at Florida work sites. $82,500 in penalties proposed, again, for the violations found in three inspections. So what were they? Wow. Very extensive. Okay. Uh, did a forklift training. No hard hats. There's a repeat violation. No safety glasses or face shields. Another one. No fall protection. All right, for a grand total of $37,567. Here's another. Last week, it was not a good week for framing contractors and even worse for their employees. So this is uh, Ocala Framing Contractors. Refusal to comply with standards continues despite a 2020 fatal incident and 35 violations since 2019. So this sounds like a frequent violator program. The proposed violations are $464,000.79. Wow. Must be nice to have that kind of money and, you know, put your workers at risk. Good ethical company there, right? Uh, I shouldn't make the comments like that, but oh well. So here we have, again, another willful violation, no eye or face protection. Another willful one, fall protection. I'm just going to skim through these because these are, like, really extensive. Training for fall protection. So they got so four violations, a hundred, and that added up to four hundred sixty-four thousand dollars. How much time we got left here? Hold on. Okay, a little bit under twelve minutes. So let's head on over to, uh, you know, East Palestine train derailment. An update for this. So this is from the EPA website. They updated a lot of stuff here, uh, right? Image-wise, and uh, uh, stuff on the uh, bus that's doing all the air monitoring here. The Taga bus, right? Uh, very interesting. Go on the website EPA.gov. So, what do we got here?
They completely changed this stuff. But now they have validation reports. Okay, data validation, meaning that they went through all of the uh, uh, sampling and laboratory validations. Pretty interesting. Uh, they now have work plans that are set up. They updated all this stuff. So this is like really cool. They updated a lot of stuff. They have a work plan there. Uh, now, what I would suggest, if you're a budding young safety professional and you're looking how these things are all written up, you could probably use this stuff. I'm not saying plagiarize, but, hey, what kind of format are they using? What kind of things are they how, how, are they looking for to have this stuff uh, filled up? Uh, one of my friends right now is doing a... Uh, 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 is analyzing the data, doing a deep dive in the data here because that's what she does. And uh, she's uh, uh, now she's doing a deep dive. This is like free data out there. And again, right? And, and they've gotten, they got behind at a certain place. I have four things that I look for. Now, what's the contamination? Well, first of all, is it safe? What's the contamination? What what's standards are you using to govern that? You know that sort of thing. The fourth thing is, did you actually do the sampling? That's usually where they fail. Uh, most of these government uh, things, and even private cleanups, or even in your workplace, they fail on the fourth. Yeah, everything is good, but they don't actually do any sampling. It's become an issue, and it's an issue. So uh, let's see here. Okay. To date, soil removal continues at the derailment site as an estimated almost 13,000 tons of contaminated soil have been shipped to disposal facilities. There was also uh, orders put in place where they're not allowed to refuse the stuff. All right. An estimated 9.4 million gallons of wastewater has been shipped off to offsite to appropriate disposal facilities. All right, so my thinking is that's probably going to be filtered, right, or something, and then managed properly. Uh, air quality. Now, this seems to be holding still 626 indoor air uh, quality uh, screenings. And we understand what the... Uh, uh, now, what the limitations are if you're a regular listener here with that. And soil sampling, uh, uh, to date, 124 properties have been sampled. Pardon me. So, uh, blah, blah, blah. so that's what's going on on there, East Palestine. Under settlement with EPA, East Peoria businesses must halt the sales of devices that alter vehicle emissions. Today, the U.S. EPA announced a consent order with several companies that seem to be like diesel-related companies of East Peoria, Illinois, which requires the defendants to stop manufacturing, selling, offering to sell, and installing devices that bypass, defeat, or render inoperative Pardon me, I keep hitting the uh, mute button here for sneezing and coughing. 
or whether or not for the EPA approved emission controls and harm air quality, commonly referred to as aftermarket defeat de- uh, devices. The settlement announced a resolves a complaint filed in 2022 in the U.S. District Court uh, alleging that a person and other defendants manufacture, sale, and uh, install tens of thousands of defeated devices they violate the Clean Air Act. The defendants will pay $600,000 penalty, which was based on their financial situation, agreed to notify customers that the defendants will no longer provide uh, technical supports or honor warranty claims for the defeated device products. So, uh, as I recall, a major car company had to deal with a similar issue several years ago, and they never recovered. They still haven't recovered. From what I understand, the Biden, Biden and Harris, this is from Region Three Biden Harris administration announces eighty five million point forty four million dollars in investment for clean water infrastructure upgrades in the Mid Atlantic states. So this is from the Consolidated uh, Appropriations Act for tribes and territories through this year's Clean Water State Revolving Funds and the states that make up the EPA's Mid Atlantic region. So we're talking, you know, you can look that up. Uh, it's uh, Region 3. Too many communities across the country are facing challenges with water infrastructure from climate impacts going on. And it goes on, hey, what they're going to do for clean water. Again, I can have equal time here, guys. $3 million to Maine to fund innovative products to tackle climate pollution. So uh, we all know we've gotten the lowdown on that with this uh, program. So what are they going to do? Uh, they're going to be dealing with greenhouse gas emissions, emission projects, projections and reduction targets, economic health and social benefits, plan to lower to leverage other sources of federal funding, uh, right from the bipartisan infrastructure law and inflation reduction act, and. Workforce needs to support decarbonization and clean energy economy. So this past weekend, there I will conclude with this probably. There was a comment made by uh, former, my current senator and former presidential candidate Mitt Romney on uh, bike lanes. All right. I, my opinion, if you go on my social media pages and everything, is that the bike lanes uh, and everything that's more of a local issue the federal government shouldn't necessarily be involved with it right except from a very high level no ten thousand mile view of this stuff from outer space really a local issue i tell you what i am this is going to shock everybody to get to digitalis i'm actually in favor of a lot of these bike initiatives not because i used to be a very avid cyclist i want to do that again not to get on todd conklin's good side with his bike riding but no i i think bike riding is a very effective way of lowering our energy usage right and you get a lot of other benefits. You get exercise. You get to go out there and see people. So there are many other societal benefits. It's probably the most efficient form of energy that we have. Right? I've never done a complete analysis of it, but no, that's what I've heard. Great thing. And this, and again, this is nothing new. I remember talking about the bike economy in 
uh, first grade. There was a big talk during the energy crisis. Isn't that right? Uh, um, the mid-70s, two of them in 73 and in 77, 78, where, there, no, where people were talking about bicycle economies. And and to right and then bicycles right it goes in cycles it seems like once a generation everyone is bike riding again, uh, you know, I'm for it but I think it's more of a local type thing, with that and uh, should there be federal standards maybe like under like they have the national highways uh, st- national tra- uh, highway standards standards that standardized types of things and specking things that yeah on that level federal government can be involved in that so like with the uniform traffic control devices they yeah obviously all right so they're the same everywhere but as far as funding and building them local government can handle that EPA proposes an air permit for construction activity it's from region one at the revolution wind uh, offshore project right so they're asking for uh, comments for uh, Revolution well, Wind LLC uh, to talk about pollution requirements at construction and operation of wind farm uh, that is offshore. Okay, this is one of those things where the predominant wind direction is from west to east. This is offshore, and wind is flowing away from land. I don't know what the utility of this is other than to say that we actually did something right uh sort of thing uh yeah we did something okay great how's this going to impact anything on land and okay pollution the solution to pollution is dilution i get it not really the most ethical thing all the times but don't we have other priorities here that maybe we could uh talk about i don't know so that's what we got uh, this week. We're going to just be doing news and views. If we can squeeze in an interview with someone, we'll do that. And uh, we'll be no, talking about some specific subjects. So uh, thanks for listening. I look forward to joining you tomorrow night. Uh, and again, no, this is we're not going to hit every night every week, especially if this cold gets worse. We may do a rebroadcast of this program. So for Safety Wars... This is Jim Pozel. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.